most people think they know how to compare, but they don't actually compare. Because like, let's say you say you, you want to buy a new computer, let's say, okay? So you have, you went to the store, you're looking online, and you like, you're down to two options, okay? One, you're going to say, I like computer A better because it is cheaper. And I like computer B better because the screen's bigger and I want a bigger screen. So what are you saying? You're saying what is best in each of them, but you're not comparing them on the same level. You want to say what is the price for both A and B? What is the size for both A and B? And all the other information that may be required for you to help you make that decision. And then you need to simply decide what is most important. Welcome to the Think to Nick podcast, the podcast where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Our goal is to share stories and ideas about how thinking differently can shape a better future for all. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Think and Nick podcast. I'm your host, Nick Daniels, and I'm extremely excited for today's episode. And the reason why is because I haven't done a podcast in a while. And I have a very, very cool guest to get back into the swing of things. ST Rappaport is a brain engineer who works with high achieving entrepreneurs to unleash their potential via peak brain performance. ST assists them to improve their 28 thinking skills so they can remove overwhelm, get more done in less time and maximize their productivity with more ease and flow. So ST, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Nick. I'm really excited to be here speaking with you. Awesome. Cool. So the first question I want to ask you straight off the bat is, can you just explain to the audience or define what is a brain engineer? Yeah. So you could also think of it as like a brain coach, but it's essentially like helping you improve how you think, right? So you have like neural pathways that are connected in one way and we're just creating additional neural pathways. So that way you could also think in additional ways. And that's essentially what I help you do. <laughs> Like create more neural pathways. It's not like about like taking away what you have, just creating extra. So that way you can now decide which is the best neural pathway to go down in this situation. That's that's very interesting. Could you could you elaborate on that a little bit more? Like how do you distinguish, how do you tell your brain to go down that pathway, if you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's more specifically um, by helping you improve your 28 thinking skills. Because we tend to think of thinking as this like one big thing. Oh, I'm thinking or I'm not thinking. But actually thinking is split into 28 thinking skills, also called cognitive functions. So if I use cognitive functions, just know that it's thinking skills. Um, and naturally, we all have stronger ones and weaker ones. But those weaker ones are making it challenging for us to do what we want to do, whether it's in business, whether it's in productivity, time management, whatever you're trying to do. It's like not because like you can't be productive. It's because those thinking skills related to productivity aren't fully like fully developed or fully those neural connections aren't very strong. So by improving the thinking skills related to productivity, you are automatically developing those neuron connections. Interesting. And what are those? I mean, don't define them all because we'll probably be here for a while, but what are the 28 different thinking skills? Yeah, so they're really like foundational thinking skills. Um, and on the surface level, they look very basic. But if I were to go through all of them, you'll see that like there are some that are challenging for you, which is normal. We all have them, including me. So 
here are some of them. For example, one of them is called clear perception or when it's weak, it's called blurred perception. Like, have you ever like walked into a room and it was like, this is so messy. I can't even organize it. I'm not interested in this. Like, and just walk out and close the door. That would be blurred perception. There's so much information that your brain can't take in information in a clear and organized way. Ah, okay. okay. Right. So clear perception is like we take in information through our five senses and like your brain instead of like can start organizing it and then can use the rest of the thinking skills to figure out what to do with the rest of it. But it first needs to take in the information clearly. So if that's a struggle. You're not going to want to do it. So it, it <laughs> is, is taking in the information first a different thinking skill? It's that is one of the 28. Ah, okay. And I mean, if we had to go through all 28, would we be here for a while or, or is that? We would be here for a while, but I could share a few more that like a lot of people struggle with and you could go. Yeah. So another one is called time, like literally understanding the concept of time. Um, like some people think that like, especially if they have like ADHD or something and they're just like struck by time blindness and they'll like never be able to be on time. Time, understanding time is actually one of the 28 thinking skills. And by definition, a skill can be learned. So if you struggle with time, you, your brain simply hasn't learned like the concept of time, how long a minute is, how long an hour is, what comes first, what comes second, etc. As soon as it learns that skill, it's way easier to do time management and things like that. Um, Another cognitive function, another one of the thinking skills is called labeling. So that is um, giving things their right name, right? A lot of times people just say, put this there, right? Like what's this, what's there? Um, and they're not using correct labels. We need labels to organize information in our brain to communicate with other people. Um, and if that's a struggle, also a lot of other things could be struggle. Like I could give you like a fun example for that one. I Now I work with entrepreneurs. Um, and help them like improve their thinking skills so their business is easier. But when I started this years back, then I was working with children and I had this 10 year old who came to me who like parents were really worried about him because he could not remember anything. Okay. If you were to tell him a story, by the time you came up to the second sentence, he already forgot the first sentence. In like school every day, they were like having to reteach him everything. He could like, he, he just could not remember. And they were really worried that he like this really big memory problem. And like, how, like, how's he going to learn anything? Because every day he has to start over. So it comes to me and like right away, I see like literally in the first session that he's not, he's using a lot of like this, that type of words, like needing to like show me everything with his hands or asking me for papers and like to draw the things. And he's like not using this cognitive function of labeling, of giving things the right labels. And pretty quickly, I figured out that because this was so lacking in his life, everything, everything you were telling him was going into this like big pot of mush. So if I'm telling him a story about a boy walking into a forest, he sees a picture of a boy walking into a forest, but it just gets dumped into the pot of all the information that he already knows. So if I ask him two minutes later, where did the boy walk? He doesn't have, his brain hasn't organized information. He can't remember it, but more importantly, he can't even tell me, tell it back to me because he doesn't have a label of the forest because it's just in this big 
much. So as soon as we improved that cognitive function of labeling, he was like one of the top of the kids in his class. He was doing really, really well because now his brain could take in all that information and actually organize it in the right way and then be able to express it in the right way. So it wasn't really a memory problem. It was a labeling issue. Ah, okay. Interesting. So then that gets me thinking if we like, for example, we, I don't know, I'm, I'm going on 30 years now, 30 years old. And obviously I have I have wired my brain in a certain way based on the patterns or decisions that I've made throughout my life or what I've been taught. So if we label something and I'm thinking of things like the negative things right now, how do you unlabel or relabel something like that? Does that make sense? Label like negative labels that you give yourself or or like, or yeah, pretty much. So like, like, yeah, maybe, maybe negative self talk or you, you talk about these different, like you, you talk about the different labeling that this child has, you know, in his brain and how it confuses him. So say, say there's a situation in my life. I'm just trying to think of an example where, but I'm, I'm talking in term, terms of the negative, because obviously that's what people want to work on, right? They want to, they want to, if they have negative programming in the brain, they obviously want to um, rewire that and make it positive. So if that makes more sense, how, how would you do that? Shift the label. Yeah. So. Right. So labeling, the cognitive function, the thinking skill of labeling, I always like to say we label people, we don't label things. Like I do not like the way, especially like in America, how like labels are given left, right and center. Every other person has another diagnosis and you're just like labeling people and limiting them. Right. And honestly, like you said, like we do that with ourselves, like with our self-talk, we just label people. So I like to say label is for things. It's for ideas. It's for concepts. Yeah. You like want to label like systems. You want to label anything that your brain needs to organize, but you don't want to label yourself or other people. Um, And if it's that negative self-talk, then it's just like the typical like self, whatever people like tell you about like changing the self-talk of like you having to be aware of the fact that the words that you use is what your brain is going to take action on. And so you have to, if you tell yourself you are lazy, your brain is going to act in that way. As soon as you start telling yourself, I'm learning to be productive. All of a sudden your brain will start looking for ways to be productive. Don't lie and say like, I'm super productive now, but by simply like switching things, I'm like, I'm not productive yet. Even like that's one of my favorite uh, yet, words. Yeah. Yet. That's a good one. So then like, right. So then like now your brain is like, yeah, but that means soon mm. at some point. So I'm going to like start picking up information to help me get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And then kind of on the same topic, but going back to skills, It's like, and I'm referring to habits now because we build up habits, whether positive or negative throughout our our lives. And we learn these skills. And I think what people really grapple with in life is unlearning those skills and maybe redirecting them and learning better skills or new skills. Is that something that you, you are familiar with or is that something that you coach to your clients? Like how to almost unlearn and relearn? Yeah, um, I don't, and I don't specifically like coach on like on specific habits. I like to work one step behind okay. it, right? So, like, why do you have this habit? What is causing that habit? And many times, it's related either to cognitive functions or to emotions because they're both highly related. Emotions and cognitive functions are two sides of the same coin. Um, I'm going to work more on the cognitive function side, not like I'm not a therapist or stuff, but if a person needs that, then together with like emotional work that will, that will be done. 
But like, for example, if a habit, somebody has a habit of like always being late, right? So I'm going to want to understand like, why are they always being late? It's related to their thing of time. If someone's smoking, for example, Uh, that's a habit they want to break, right? Then it's going to be like, I always like to say like, you don't want to just stop smoking. My question is like, why did you start smoking in the first place? Okay. The underlying issue, right? You first need to solve that. And then it's much easier to break the habit of smoking. Obviously now you're already in the habit. So like, even if you solve that issue, you still have to deal with it. It's not like it's magic going to go away. But if you still have the issue, the, the, cause of why you why you're smoking still there it's going to be way way harder i see so it's like almost peeling back the layers to figure out the underlying issue and then figure it out from there okay cool sounds a little bit like therapy but for entrepreneurs (laughs) right yeah but i don't do the emotional part right so if somebody usually like is like if somebody does have like that smoking thing is usually more an emotional Mm. thing so like i'm not a therapist and i'm not gonna like i could connect to you with people that yeah yeah for sure but like uh, I'm going to work with the ones that the habits that are related to the thinking. Yeah. So, so then I don't know if this um, would be a challenge for you with your clients, but something that I um, sometimes deal and everyone does is not just me, but it's separating uh, emotion from being rational. So, you know, people make decisions based on emotion most of the time, but it's obviously better to make a decision with your rational thinking. So is that something that, that you, um, deal with on a day-to-day basis is like putting the emotional side, putting, putting the emotion to one side and then helping them deal with the rational thinking. Like how do you segment the two and separate the two? Right. Cause they're really not separated. Like I said before, like they're both highly related. So like, I can't like just say like, okay, no emotions at all. Um, so things like that, that most definitely can help you with, but here's the thing. Our emotional and like this is um like have you ever heard of like the whole brain uh you can elaborate yeah okay so imagine i don't know like i have your hand if you like if you're just listening and like you have your hand upright now if you take your thumb and you put your thumb in that is called your amygdala your amygdala is the part of your brain in charge of a lot of emotions especially like high emotions or like emotions from trauma or just like the the big emotions for the most part is in your amygdala we actually have two tiny ones of them in our brain but Anyways, so we have a thermogula. Now, if you fold down your top four fingers, this is your thinking brain or your prefrontal cortex, like right over here. This is where you really ideally want to be making decisions from. Now, most of the day, as you go about your day, your prefrontal cortex is connected to your amygdala, which is like right behind, like in your head. And it's sending messages. They're communicating back and forth. Okay. And hopefully you're running your day through your thinking skills. You're thinking and you are making decisions, whatever you decide to do, what should I eat for breakfast, whatever it's based on that. Then what can happen is you have what's called an amygdala hijack, where the amygdala is so full of emotions, where it flips up the top of the brain. Yes, there's like almost like a disconnect. Your prefrontal cortex gets disconnected. Your fingers get like moved away from your thumb. Um, and there's now there's no connection between your emotional and your thinking brain. So you are trying to make your decision based on thinking, but there is no communication between your thinking and your emotional brain. So like, there's no way that that's going to be able to work. So in order for you to get your thinking brain down, you first have to calm yourself down, get out of that amygdala hijack, you know, like through, um, like 
deep breathing, taking a walk, doing exercise, you know, like even sometimes just taking a drink will like calm your brain down. And then you could connect your thinking skills back. Now, here's the thing. The stronger your thinking skills are, the stronger the connection is to your amygdala. So the less likely it is to happen. Okay. So going back to answer your question, if you were to come to me and tell me that you make a lot of decisions based on emotions and you want to make them more logically, I would help you improve those thinking skills. So that way the connection to the amygdala is stronger and it's less likely for you to be able to make an emotional decision. Plus there's a whole way of like one of the thinking skills we could like discuss it if you want is related to actually making decisions. Cool. So, so let's talk about that thinking skill that you were referring to. Okay. Yes. Um, so actually the thinking skill that we need to use to make decisions is called comparisons. Most people think they know how to compare, but they don't actually compare. Cause like, let's say you say you, you want to buy a new computer, let's say. Okay. So you have, you went to the store, you're looking online and you like, you're down to two options. Okay. One, you're going to say, I like computer a better because it is cheaper. And I like computer B better because the screen's bigger and I want a bigger screen. So what are you saying? You're saying what is best in each of them, but you're not comparing them on the same level. You want to say, what is the price for both A and B? What is the size for both A and B? And all the other information that may be required for you to help you make that decision. And then you need to simply decide what is most important. Is price most important for you or is computer size most screen more most important screen size most important for you as soon as you know that your making decision is is simple like literally simple right like i was just yesterday when like for like a business meeting out and like we're trying to like figure out between two restaurants and they're like hey do you want this one or this one i'm like what's most important the point most important is the place where we could sit and actually have a conversation which one of these two like in a second like you just make that decision because this is most important for this specific situation. Uh, okay, so like, I'll give you an example and you can tell me which think if this is the same thinking skill, but I've just recently looked into buying a bicycle, right? Uh, road bike, so like to cycle for sport. And uh, as you know, a bike has many different parts and you know, you've got the wheels, you've got the gear system, you've got the brakes, you've got the, the you know, even up to the padding on the bars, you've got the weight of the chassis. So you've got all these different factors that go into buying a really good bike. And like, say, for example, I have 10 and then I'm like, okay, well, you know what, actually, I don't need it to be that heavy. I mean, that, that one's too heavy. So then maybe I'll take away five. So then I've got five left because I want the lighter chassis. But then I'm like, oh, well, actually, you know what? I need this brake system. So then it narrows it down to three. Um, and then I'm like, oh, but you know what, maybe that brake's not better. I need these wheels. And then, so basically you're basically comparing like, a, you know, I started at 10 and I'm looking at all these different factors and then eventually I end up with maybe two. And then that's obviously when it's the most difficult because it's like the restaurant, I suppose a bike's got a bit more specs than a restaurant. It depends what food you like, right. but the rest. Yeah, no, the, it's also, it's like a one time thing versus a bigger yeah. thing. But like we literally make decisions when we're making in business, like who we're hiring. Exactly, That's yeah. like an even bigger, right? So it's obviously that was a simple example. It could go much more complex, but the point is like, if you like literally in the beginning to get better at this, like until your brain is like, can do it automatically, you might want to like sit down, open, take out your phone and make a list 
compare them all in the same parameters. What are all the aspects of bike A and bike B? There's all the things that you just said, right? The weight and the brake system and the tires and all those things and literally compare them and just like write out the information and then ask yourself, what is most important? And like put all those things uh, in priority okay. order. Cool. Is the brake system more important or is the tire most important? Is this more important or more that more important? And Based on that, you make your decision. You can have two most important priorities. I see. Okay. Have you ever heard of a PMI? A no. plus minus interesting. So it's a very, okay, very no. simple thinking tool. And it's basically plus what's good minus and what's interesting and interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, um, the six thinking hats. It's basically a thinking um, tool as well, which has different hats. There's six hats and each one means a different thing. So for example, red is emotion, um, yellow. Yes, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. of that. Okay, I'm not so familiar, but like I've heard a little yeah, bit yeah. about Black it. Black is okay. criticism, white is what information do you have? So the reason why I bring that up is because the green hat is basically ideas, like, um, um, and yellow would be possibilities. So basically going back to the plus minus inter interesting, it's a real simple tool. The left-hand side, you'd have what's good, the right hand side, you'll have what's not good. And interesting are the possibilities or alternatives or ideas. And that's a tool that I use like to make, you know, decision. And it's so simple and you can really make some really big decisions using that, that tool as well. That's awesome. But that's also uses computer, exactly. right? That's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's how I'm going back to that. Like the thinking skill behind whether my, the method I said or the method you said, which is whichever one works for you. Like I'm a very big believer in like, you have to work with your mm, brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, cool. But they both use the thinking skill of comparisons. Mm, yeah, for sure. So. I, I mean, that's awesome information and I hope the listeners take a lot from that. But just before we jumped on camera and I, this is the question I've been wanting to ask you is I asked you about your schedule and you said that I do all of my meetings on a Monday and a Thursday and I'm grappling at the moment with time management and just being productive. I feel like that's one of the biggest things that's stopping me from being so productive. I'm generally pretty good but I'm not getting enough done and I know I'm not getting enough done and it's because I'm not prioritizing my tasks correctly. So you obviously are, and, and I want to first ask, why do you do that, you know, schedule for the first two days? What thinking skill is it using? Um, and why is it so effective? Yeah, so before I answer that question, I'm going to take a step okay, back cool. and talk about time management. Time management requires many thinking skills. It requires being able to understand the concept of time. It requires comparing, being able to compare tasks so that you can prioritize. It requires hypothetical thinking, like what do I need to do first in order to be able to do something else? Like there's so many of them. So the reason why one person may struggle with time management may be different than the reason why you struggle with time management. Okay. Okay. That's like part of my issue with like all these like time management programs and videos and like all these things. Like they're talking to people with a specific weak thinking skill or with this specific issue without understanding that there's like other thinking skills that could be getting in the way. Okay. So just like to understand that first. Now, why do I do it this way is because whenever you group I tasks together that like need to be, that are the same thing, it takes less energy, it takes less energy, um, like mental energy, like for your brain, every time you start a new task, it, just like when you start a car, it uses more energy. Every time you start a task, it uses more energy to like light, think, light up those neural connections in your brain. And also if you just think of it like on a very practical level, if every time you have to like 
get out your mic because you're doing a podcast recording and like you have to like set that up then like that also takes like time right plus on a like on a physiological level different people get affected by this more some people less like me a little bit less but um like when they're let's say in the so-called like extroverted mode of like always talking they need to like it's better for them to stay in the always talking and it's they're, they struggle afterwards to afterwards like stay focused and work on themselves um so that's like another reason why people do it now all this comes from being able to group tasks together comes from the cognitive function comes from the thinking skill of categorizations being able to categorize mm. things um in the best way for that situation so usually when we categorize there's no like one way for us to categorize it's best for that situation and honestly that has been the cognitive function that i've struggled with for the longest time and it's because of improving that cognitive function that i got like super passionate about the work that i do ah that's that's awesome i love what you said about well how you said that you believe that people need to use the tools or the thinking skills that work for them so morning routines like you're a morning person that's in the morning for you right now i'm a morning person as well some people are not morning people what is the best way to get the brain firing or get these thinking skills you know unlocked and ready to use um on a day-to-day -day basis because i listen to a lot of and i don't know if you can you, you you can answer this but i hope you'll have some insight here i listen to a lot of podcasts like the huberman lab and he's got all these like get up early meditate drink coffee after one hour fast for however long um, to get the cognitive function, you know, as optimal as it can be. What are your thoughts on that? On, on the whole getting the brain kickstarted? I think I'm not saying he's wrong. Like what you said, but like, I think there's like, like I, there's so much of like, this is what you should do. Mm. And I'm a bit, like I said earlier, like I'm a big believer in like working with your brain mm -hmm. and also pushing your brain, right? Like some people say like, just accept your brain. I'm like, yes, you want to work with your brain, but you don't want it to stay where it is forever. You want to be able to challenge it and go to new levels. So I, I find it like very hard to believe that like everybody needs the same thing. Some people, yes, their brain works better in the morning and some people's brains work better at night you want to figure out like what works best for you um and like work your day accord plan on your day accordingly um but to answer the question specifically on like what to get your cognitive functions like fired yeah. up it's more about strengthening them in general okay your cognitive functions work all the time okay like as you're waking up as you're going to sleep like it's it's as you improve all of them, all of them become stronger. Like, but that's not to say like there are certain times of the day your brain is going to work better than others. However, I just want to put like this like big huge disclaimer out. Okay, there's been like a lot of like talk at some point about like that like we have a certain amount of willpower, and as the day goes on, like we lose our willpower like our, our self-control, right? Like that's why so many people, like they give in to their, to like, let's say they're, they're, have a, they're on a diet or something, or they say they're not having any sugar today or whatever. And then like by towards the end of the day, they give mm -hmm. into that. And honestly, the real research that has like been done on it, and I'm just like that, like, oh, your sugar levels go low. What it boils down to is what people believe, 
like almost like we said in the beginning of like what you call yourself. If you believe that by the end of the day, your willpower is going to go down, by the end of the day, your willpower is going to go down. If you don't have that belief, if you never heard of it, if you never thought of it, if you like, you have no issue. Your willpower works just the same at night as it does in the morning, okay? It's the same thing with these like firing up these cognitive functions. If people believe that they need to meditate and they need to do a a whole long morning routine in order to get into it, that is what they are going to need. So if you want to use that so that way it will help you be able to get in, you could use it. But no, it's like a crutch. It's not actually helping you fire up those thinking skills. As soon as you believe that my thinking skills work the minute that I wake up, your thinking skills work the minute. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So (laughs) it's interesting that you said, and I'm going to, I'm going to just refer to discipline. It's interesting that you said what you believe, if you believe your willpower will not last. But if you look at discipline, right, the discipline muscle, well, I call it a muscle because you have to train yourself to be disciplined. Like you have to constantly keep the promises to yourself and do what you say you're going to do. But it does start to wane. Like, well, this is, I can speak for myself and from other people that I've heard listening to podcasts, just my friend, just watching, observing other people. The discipline muscle, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself here, but I know this is other people as well. So for, for say, for example, six days of the week, I will train extremely hard. I will put in hours of work. I'll do really, 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 really well. And then I'll get to Saturday night and maybe my friends are going out for a beer or you know, um, there's that, you go past the ice cream store or, you know, something like that. And you know, you shouldn't do it, but eventually the willpower and the discipline wanes because the whole week you've been so disciplined, you've done so well. And I feel like there's only so long you can do it for. I don't think you can be a hundred percent perfect all the time is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult. Maybe you can, maybe there's people who can, but it's extremely difficult. So if you're telling me that if I believe that I have the willpower not to do this, or if I believe that I have the discipline not to do this, like how do you train that thinking skill or that cognitive function of, of your brain basically to not cheat, to not do those little, you know, those temptations and those little snacks and those little extra things? How do you train your brain to do, you know, be better? <laughs> yeah. So there's two things there. First of all, like I said, we want to understand a deeper reason. So like, why is the actual reason of you want to go out for a beer? or you want to get an ice cream, right? Like, is the deeper reason because like, I'm not going to feel connected to my, to my friends. Like I'm not going to have a way to hang out with them. Like if that is deeper there, that is what your brain is like focusing on right now. And it's not focusing on willpower and discipline. That's first of all. Second of all, notice how, when you were talking to me, you said like, it is very hard to be hundred percent perfect all the time. Perfectionism. That is what your brain is currently thinking. If it's thinking it is very hard to be 100% perfect all the time, that's what it is. As soon as you change that story, it's easy, right? Like, like what's a food you really like? Food. Food. (laughs) What's like, like anything, like ice cream, let's say, or whatever. Like if I offer you ice cream and like, or it's easy, like I always say, you know what? If you you like chocolate, you don't procrastinate on eating chocolate. You eat it. (laughs) Because it's easy to do, right? Like as soon as, as soon as you... Um, find something easy. Like as soon as your brain sees it as something easy, you don't have a challenge for it anymore. That's why they say um, like one of the ways to really like develop a habit is to make it a 
part of you. So let's say instead of saying I'm going running is I am a runner because then someone who embodies the identification of a mm. runner is going to run even if it is pouring rain outside. Yep. Right. So that same sort of thing, going back to like that discipline, if you have like the habits of going, of having that discipline, right? Like Jacko Willing is like a perfect example yeah. of that. Like he is disciplined. Mm -hmm. That is how he identifies. I don't think he like, yeah, he'll say like different things, but he doesn't like to him. Discipline isn't hard in comparison to me and you because he has that. It's part yeah. of him. It's his identity is that's what you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. So sure. I want to backtrack before be actually no let's go into this first it sounds like i love what you're saying there but it sounds like um limiting beliefs is the issue here in what you were saying like because i'm telling myself that i can't be perfect all the time that's a limiting belief do you want to just talk on on limiting beliefs a little bit and and yeah i have a bit of a different perspective on limiting, limiting beliefs than most people okay well <laughs> bring it on then that's awesome yeah okay so most people um, think that like limiting beliefs is like either things that like other people have told you in the past, like you're not good at this or like stories that you've told yourself, whatever, um, which can be true. I'm not saying it's not like sometimes these do create limiting beliefs, but I personally believe that a lot of limiting beliefs come from weak thinking skills that end up creating those limiting beliefs. I'll give you an example. Like I mentioned earlier, the thinking skill that was like most for me that like that had the biggest improvement, like biggest change in my life was this cognitive function of categorizations. Mm -hmm. Categorizations, there was two parts to it. There's being able to like make things into groups, right? So saying bunch of things and splitting it into like red, yellow, gray, blue. And it's being able to take a bunch of random things and putting it into groups. So what is all this called? Okay. And that was the part that really I struggled with taking a bunch of random abstract items and putting them into groups. And before I improved that cognitive function, before I improved my ability to of categorizations, I always said, I'm only going to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. Because one-on-one -on -one is where you're going to give them the best results, where you're going to be able to customize everything for them. Because it's a lot of what the work I do is about like customizing it. Like there's no like just like same teaching over and over again. It's customized for every person. And like this way, every person is actually going to get the results that they need. Even though I knew, I still said this, even though I knew that the people were doing the same method that I was doing in classrooms of 30 kids or more. Okay. okay? Even though I knew that, I still said that it can't be that they're still getting the same custom results that one-on-one -on -one person would get. Fine. That was a limiting belief that I cannot work with one more than one person. I had like people literally tell me like, that's a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. After I improved this cognitive function of categorization, all of a sudden now my brain had the ability to think bigger. My brain now was able to not just think in the right now. My brain had the ability to think a year ahead, be able to have bigger business goals, be able to think, just look in the world and like on a bigger, on a bigger level because of this thinking skill automatically without anybody else teaching me without having to go through any sort of like chanting of changing my my limiting belief without any of that all of a sudden now my brain was able to like say oh like if i'm doing it in a group all i need to do is xyz and everybody will still get 100 percent the customization that they need okay so i didn't have that limiting belief anymore so i'm not saying like i said none of them are from like things that people said but i think a lot more than people realize okay. is just from thinking yeah. skills.
Yeah, and I'm, I mean, that that's a hundred percent true. It all comes down to the thinking skills. If I backtrack a little bit, and we go back to the discipline thing, and me wanting ice cream, for example, or um, going out for a beer on a Saturday and not maintaining discipline for the seven days. What is your perspective on rewards? Rewarding yourself for, or yeah, rewarding yourself for doing something good. Yeah, no, I think, I do think that we need rewards. Like I, the brain likes rewards. And like, if we read Atomic Habits, like he speaks about yeah. it a lot. It's an awesome book. It's a very um, good book, yeah. Yeah, one of my yeah. favorites. Um, but I think what's interesting about rewards, which what like doesn't get spoken about enough, is that a reward is whatever you define as a reward. A little kid, a reward is like a gold star sticker. They love that. Like you could literally give yourself a reward of like, I personally like love lettuce. Yeah. People think I'm crazy, <laughs> but to me, like I love lettuce. Like if you're giving me fresh crispy yeah. lettuce, like I'm not saying I eat that as a reward, but like that can be a reward because I love mm. it. So a reward doesn't have to be an ice cream or a, or a beer. It can be, I have nothing against it. Like I'm not like here to like tell you not to have ice cream or beers. Like I love this too. And I'm, like have it, like nothing wrong, but just know that like the, the reward is whatever you make, whatever you make the reward. So if you decide like that you want something to be a reward, even if before you thought it was crazy, your brain will like start like learning it as a reward. Ah, that's very interesting. You know, ST, I'm really compelled about this, everything you've been saying and, and especially how you were saying, until I learned the skill of categorization, until I learned the skill, until I learned that skill, and it's obviously like opened your brain up and it's it's basically leveled up your thinking. So how do you push the brain? Because earlier you referred to pushing the brain um, in these areas and you, you said that if the brain thinks it's easy, that's basically when you stop learning or, or there's not much growth, right? So how do you push the brain? Is it through reading? Is yeah. it through studying? Is it through, is there certain techniques and tools and strategies? How do you, how does it, how would you do it? Or how do you do it in your profession? Okay. So pushing the, pushing the brain, pushing the brain in general is just about doing new and challenging okay. things. That's it. And honestly, it is the best thing you could do for your brain to keep it young, to prevent like diseases, like Alzheimer's and things like that is do new and challenging things. But the way I do it is I'm not just challenging the brain to do new things and to learn a new skill like salsa dancing. I uh, okay. am pushing the brain to improve the specific 28 cognitive functions. So when I work with clients, um, we're pushing the brain to do specific exercises that target the specific thinking skills that they need to improve. Mm, okay. Cool. That's interesting. So it's basically everyone normally thinks of you need to read, you need to study, you need to gain more knowledge, but you can also push the push the brain, sorry, in achieving goals such as fitness goals, you know, like say you want to be a runner and attain. Yes, athlete. but here's the thing. It has to be something new. Ah, so if okay. you are doing the same thing, that's not, that's I mean, it's good for your brain, but it's not pushing it to that new level. That's not creating that new neuron uh, connections. If you try a new type of workout or you do like something, yeah, like something different than like, than my okay, yeah. that's, can we dive into that a little bit more? So what about, cause I want to sign up for a half Ironman this year. 
and it's a big challenge. Ooh, yeah, yeah, it's a very big challenge. And those three disciplines, swimming, running, and cycling, I already do. So are you telling me that if I go from running 10Ks to running 21Ks, if I go from cycling 40Ks to cycling 90, if I go from swim, swimming one to cycle, swimming 1.9, that is not going to push my brain. That's rather going to push my physical peak performance. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying it's not going to push your brain at all, but it's not like the ideal sense of pushing your brain. Okay. It will push your brain in the sense of like showing your brain's the ability that you could do challenging yeah, things because okay. it is a challenge, right? So it's pushing your brain in a different sort of way, but it's not pushing your brain in the way of making those new neuron connections. Okay. I gotcha. That we want like so-called to keep your brain young cool. and, and like, so yeah. then I have another question in the gym. There are many different types of things you can do. You can lift weights, you can do a hit workout. Um, you can do a, sprints on the treadmill you can do an assault bike i'm not sure if you're familiar with that it's it's like a hands and legs at the same time yep. mm -hmm. like these are all different um elements of training that i've learned in the last however long i've been training now if i go to the gym and mix these up and do these different exercises say for the first time or second time although it's still going to the gym and it's hit training and there might be a few of the same exercises but a few new ones is that pushing your brain? So the new ones. Okay. Will. But if you mix it with the old. Like, you have to like figure out the machine a little bit and like you're not super comfortable and right? Like that's where you're, where you're like that new neuron connections is Okay, from. cool. And then the last thing is like, if I have that workout and I, and I change four of the exercises to new exercises. So now, yes. So I, so I have eight exercises in my workout. I change four of them. Okay. So now they are new exercises. So yes, that'll push the brain. But what about connecting? Because it'll be a completely different workout when you do all eight together than when you did last week. So I understand that the new ones will push your brain. But what about the connection between the new ones and the old ones? Does that push your brain? A little bit like it will because like you're going out of routine of pattern so your okay. brain like has to think a little bit more right like as soon as we're in routine and like we don't have to think then we're not as much pushing the brain, which by the way, like I'm all for routines. Like, and I think that we should minimize like the things that we do often and often, like make them simpler so we could stretch our brains in other ways because there's no point in like wasting all our mental energy and like they're like that, right? Like on the stupid things when we could like do it on more. So like, it's good. Like it, that part will stretch your brain a little bit, but it's not enough that it's worth it for you to say like, Oh, I'm doing this and I'm stretching my brain. Okay, right. Yeah, I'm, they might sound like simple questions, but it's it's really interesting because the reason why I was asking is because it's almost like you can make little tweaks here and there and really push your brain. That's what I was trying to figure out, but it's actually better. Yeah, so usually like it's best not, I'm not saying like not to make little tweaks because like sometimes like that's the best way mm, to yeah. do it um, at that time. But like if you really want to focus on pushing your brain, go out and do something completely okay. new, completely challenging. Cool. And you know what? It could be something in your business, right? Like if you decide like, oh, I'm going to start a new marketing tactic and you have to go and like tackle, how am I going to do this marketing tactic? You're doing that, pushing your brain. Okay, cool. Nice. Backtracking again. I've got, I've got so many, sorry, these questions. This is great, man. This is, I love this them. Is, I love it so <laughs> this much. Is great. This is great content. You spoke about identity shifting and like, like for example, I identify as someone who likes to train where like all three disciplines that's that's part of me now like it's habits like you said that i've built up it's now part of my identity it's what i do 
Uh, a lot of stuff I've seen online in the personal development space, they refer to shifting your identity. Um, can you just touch on that a little bit more? Like, how, first of all, how do you just con shift your identity? Is it the stories you tell yourself in your in your head? I mean, it's like it's like one day I go to bed and I'm an unfit person. Oh, sorry, I'm just referring to fitness here because it's just the topic we're on. Perfect. It's a good, it's yeah. a good example. So yeah. say I go to bed and I'm an unfit person and I'm like, oh, I really need to get fit. You can't. Well, you can. There's no such word as can't. But you wake up the next day and you're like, now I'm a fit person. It's obviously very difficult. Like, right. like how do you shift your identity? Right. So exactly. So like, like I mentioned earlier, my favorite way, there's different people will tell you some people who like specialize in this, like have older techniques and stuff, but keeping it really simple. I like to use the words because the words you use is the action that your okay. brain is going to take. That's what your brain puts attention on. But if you lie to your brain, your brain is like, ha ha, nice joke. Right. So by waking up all of a sudden one morning and just saying, I am a fit person, that's a lot and your brain knows that. But by saying I take interest or I am going to be a fit person soon, or I'm not a fit person yet, right. or by using language that is heading in that direction, you will shift your identity. Okay. Right. So you go from like, I'm not a fit person to I'm someone who's interested in being fit to like, I know somewhat, like I'm pretty good to like, I'm actually a fit person. Yeah. Can you touch on some of the keywords that you use there? Like, I love the word yet, because it means, it, yeah, yeah, it means possibility, it screams yeah. possibility to me. Like, it's like, I can do this. So what are the words that, like the yet words? What what are the, the keywords? Nothing beats yet. So like after, everything I'm going to say afterwards is going to be like, oh. <laughs> okay, okay. Forget it. Forget, well, what are the other words anyway? And then we'll end off with yet. Um, so yeah, so learning, learning okay. is a good one. Mm. I'm interested is another one. Or I'm figuring this nice. out is also cool. one. Because like that could be like, I'm just like figuring out fitness or like sometimes like, especially like in business when like things get challenging, yes. it's like I'm figuring out how to do this like social thing or whatever. Yes. Yeah. On that topic, another question for you. Also, like you said, like can't is not a word like can, mm. like that you can, it is possible even if it is not now. Like I can. Yeah. What is, how, let me rephrase this. I've been trying to start a business which has been both challenging, exciting, exhilarating, learned so much. And I mean, any business is challenging, but how do you, like you said, figure it out? If you feel like you're stagnant, how do you train the thinking skills to then, you know, basically motivate you or the figure it out thing? Like, like what are the techniques to, to train yourself from being stagnant? Does that make sense? Okay. Why are you stagnant? Like if you feel like uh, what I mean by stagnant. No, I understand what you're saying, but like, I'm going to, I, if someone tells me that they're stagnant. I want to understand uh, why. Okay, cool. Why nice. are you stagnant? Um, so I mean like stagnant because I feel like I'm not making as much progress as I should. Or okay. uh, let me, let me rephrase that rather. I'm not seeing the results that, that I, that I would like to see. So I feel like okay. I'm stagnant. And so. So like, how do I change my thinking to be like, you know, well, what, I, well, I'll tell you what I do. And then you can comment on it. What I do is when I am, when I get into difficult situations like that, I reflect and I look back on the progress that I've made. And I love to always go back to the old story of the Chinese bamboo tree 
which stays under years and I mean, sorry, stays under underground for four years of its life. And then in six weeks, it shoots up to like 80 feet tall. So it's exactly like progress. It's like try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, try, succeed. Right. So basically the method that I use is to just reflect um, and then use that as motivation and product and, and like, and to make me more productive. And it works sometimes, but it doesn't work all the time. So would there be any, any other sort of strategies that you would recommend when you're feeling unmotivated or you're feeling like you're not making the progress that you should? Yeah. So when you're feeling unmotivated, there's, there's usually like a deeper, a deeper reason. I'm not saying like every person wakes up motivated every single time. Mm. Like that's not the point, but like when you're in that phase of like unmotivated or you're procrastinating on a specific task or whatever, it's, it's because it's because of a reason. Like when you reflect besides for telling yourself that story, which is really, it's an awesome story. Like I love it too. What do you like also reflect like on the actions you're taking? If this is the right trend, course of action am I meant to be doing something else how do I know where my pitfalls are like where the challenges are and what should my next strategy be right mm. like is that part of your of what's happening in your brain well also? yes a big word that comes to mind when you say that is pivot when it's not working pivot so reflect see perfect see, pivot pivot okay. yeah pivot. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah so when it's not working okay this isn't working let's pivot and try something new yeah now here's this thing with pivoting like there it's it's like a challenge to like figure out do I still need to go down this path and I'm just not down it yet like literally I'm like three and a half years in not four years in and then like soon it's going to shoot up mm. or have like is there something that I have to adjust in here so that way like this actually works that actually comes back to one of the cognitive functions okay. called defining the problem nice. of like getting clear on what the actual problem is. And for that, you first need more data. You need more information um, and it will depend on your situation and what's happening. Okay, fantastic. I've got three more questions for you. And thank you very much for your time because this has been awesome. Sure thing. I love your questions. Hope, it's awesome. I hope these listeners really do take value from this because this is, this is really cool. The first one is affirmations. You were talking about your self-talk and the way that you talk to yourself. What are your thoughts on affirmations? I, like I said, I'm a big believer in like the words you use as actions you're going to mm -hmm. take. But I think affirmations has gotten a lot of like, just if you do these affirmations, then like, this is what's going to happen. Affirmations only work if you also take action. So if affirmations is a tool that you can use that if you like them, you can use them to help you get into action. Um, but like just by themselves, it's not going to make you rich. Uh, right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Affirmations plus action. But, but yes, like what you focus on is what you're, is like, as long as you're taking action at what you're focusing on is it's like, it does help clarify things in your mind. Nice. Let's put it like So that. affirmations right. plus like, action equals progress. Okay. Yeah. I personally, I like to like take these things like a little, like a step further, like whether it's affirmations or like vision boards mm. or like whatever, like people like use besides for putting on just the goal that you want, putting in the action that you are going to take to make it happen. Okay. So part of your affirmation is like, let's say whatever, making X amount of revenue, but including that is like posting an X amount of times every day or like whatever action you are going to do to make it. So that way it's like, 
I almost said like success like has to happen because if you're doing the affirmations about your actions, like there's no way for it to not happen. Yeah, for sure. Second question. And I should have really started with this. How do you identify the weak thinking skills in your brain or in, out of the 28? Yeah. So obviously there's like an official assessment I could do for someone, but I hate doing them because it takes like about 20 hours just to write the reports. What? Wow. So I almost never do it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I do have like a quick assessment, like anyone could take, it gives you a very good baseline. I'm going to tell you, like, it's not like hundred percent accurate, mm -hmm. right? Like it's not a 20 hour report, but it, it gives you a very good baseline on where your cognitive functions are. You could take it at lifepixuniversity.com forward slash brain. So it's lifepixuniversity.com forward slash brain. And it basically just explains, like it shows what it looks like when the cognitive functions are weak and what they look like when they're strong. Mm -hmm. And then you just like mark yourself on a scale from one to five because you could always improve all of them. Like that's like a big thing. There's no such a thing as like having it perfect because it could always get better. Mm, that's interesting. I've done a personality test before and it's got like, I forget all the different factors, but I would imagine it's something similar. And I'm definitely going to jump on board that. Yeah, it's something similar, but it's also slightly different because like, it's not like you have, you do have this thing and you don't have this thing. It's like a range. Mm. It's like this one is stronger and this one is weaker. Yeah. You all have all of them. Does it provide <laughs> solutions to improve the weak areas? No. So on the actual system, it doesn't provide you solutions, but it provides you um, like guidance of where to go next. Um, so that would be like where I have additional resources to help you improve those cognitive functions, because depending on what your cognitive functions are is what type of actions you're going to need to take. Your weak cognitive functions is different than mine. So we need to take different actions. Yeah. And advice to people who would like to improve their thinking skills. What would you say? Yeah, I would say first start by taking that assessment because it's going to give you like a certain awareness of yourself, um, like as you go about your day. Um, but if you're not working on a specific cognitive function that you want to improve in, just go do new challenging things. Like you just need to go and do that. Really, really, really. Okay. <laughs> I can't stress it enough. I like that. I, I really do like that. And that resonates with me a lot because that's something that I've been in the last six months. It's like, I have to challenge myself and you know, it, that's great. It's great to hear that I'm doing something right. <laughs> All right, ST, the last question that I have for you today, that was more than three, sorry. But the last one that I have for you today is why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? Yeah. Okay. So uh, when I first got this work like done on me, or like I was a client of this work in fifth grade when I was struggling with reading, but I, that still wasn't like a thing that like got me into like, why do what I do? That got me like knowing about this. But what happened was I knew I wanted to get trained in it when I was in fifth grade and I saw how much it helped me. And I was like, I want to know more about this. So 17, I started getting training in it and it was more like, just like to have the knowledge, um, versus to actually work in what happened was during this process of training, which is a couple of years worth of training, then I took a Tony Robbins course. It's called the RPM method, rapid planning method. 
And he spoke a lot about being able to plan based on your motivations instead of your to-do list. Like we think like, oh, we need to check emails. Mm -hmm. We need to like do these things. But he's like, think about like your bigger picture. Think about what your actual motivations are. Think about what you want to do in six months, a year, two years. And based on that, plan what you should be doing today. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is very, very And cool. I tried to do it. And I was able to do only part of it because I could like think about my motivations were, but I couldn't really think about a year ahead. I, at that time, consider myself to be someone very productive because I would get a lot of things done now. Like if I was in a remember to do an errand, like I would go out now. And I, like I had a task to do, I would go now. An email came in, I would respond now. So I never procrastinated or almost never, but like everything happened right now. And the problem with that was that was not being very productive because if I had three errands to do in that day, and each time I remembered them three separate times, I would go out of the house three separate times and do those three separate errands instead of going out once and doing all those errands. Or I would be answering emails as they're coming in instead of having once where I could just sit down and answer all the emails that are coming through. Um, but I didn't know that at the time and I thought I was just being productive. So a few months later, I went to take another training in the work that I do that worked specifically on this cognitive function of categorizations. And during that time, when I went for this training of cognitive functions and I improved that cognitive functions, all of a sudden everything clicked, right? That's when all of a sudden now I was able to do, like I said, think and working bigger, not just one-on-one, 30 one-on-one was able to do Tony Robbins program without even listening to it again. All of a sudden now, like I knew like how this all works. Like I could just think a year ahead and like this could work. And I literally saved like probably like 10 or 20 hours every single week by simply just readjusting the order and how I do things. And like, it literally changed my life. So it was like at that point that like I knew there's so many people who actually use this method. It's called the Fourier Stein method um, around the world. Sorry, can, can you like repeat that? Countries. Can you repeat that? It's called the yeah, Fourier Stein method. It's the Fourier Stein method. Professor Ruben Feuerstein was the one that identified these 20 cognitive functions and he created specific exercises to improve these cognitive functions. And those are the exercises that I use to help clients improve their thinking skills. Um, and it's like done all over the world, but it's mostly done with children or people with like learning disabilities like me, like when I was a kid and I was, I was a kid and I struggled with reading. Like I was a common person who would get this. Um, people with special needs would get this. People with elderly, because it like could slow down Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. But there was no one in the world who was like specializing. I'm not saying nobody did it with other people, but nobody like specialized in really just like high achieving people who like are functioning really well, who running businesses like they're like people like actual like they're doing great stuff in this world, but they still have these like weak thinking skills that are making things challenging for them. And like at that time, like I knew like and like I needed to do it. So, okay, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. That's, that's why. So. I need to do this because who you were with regards to getting things done on the to-do list, I call that in business sense operations. I'm really good at that, but I'm exactly like you, which is why I was referring earlier that I'm grappling with not being as productive as I should. I struggle. I'll set the goal on a day-to-day -day basis. I'll do the to-do list. I'll whack it out. I'm really good at that, but I will set the goal, but I often... I lose sight of the goal and you were talking about if you reschedule your tasks and you don't lose sight of where you want to be in a year's time, you know, that's how you become more productive. How <laughs> is the question that I have. If, if you could briefly just sum it up, 
how do you not lose sight of where you want to be in one year and shift from getting stuff done on a day-to-day basis, being somewhat productive, not procrastinating, but not being fully optimally productive? Yeah, it's such a big question. And like, I could like to, I'll give you like a short answer. Okay. But it, it's not the real answer because the real answer honestly is to improve the cognitive functions related to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like to actually do exercises that will help you rewire the brain so it's not a challenge for you. It will be easy. But like to mm-hmm. give you like an instant answer so like you could get some feel like some instant like results and like I'm not just like trying to like sell you fluff like actually like tell you um one of my favorite like exercises to do is from Dean Graziosi like about like that for goals is his seven levels seven levels why seven levels deeper seven levels deeper something like that I forgot the exact title of it it's basically where you ask yourself why am I doing this goal whatever your goal is half Ironman what's my goal whatever your answer is ask yourself why in front of that answer whatever that answer is ask yourself why again seven times By the time you get to answer number seven, you are in a very emotional state. You're not like just thinking, oh, logically, because like, oh, I want to make more money or oh, because I want to be fitter. You're like actually getting to deep emotional thing. Mm -hmm. When you can tap into that deep emotional reason, it will be much easier for you to be able to do it. Right. Cool. But like I said, that like every time you still have to remind yourself, it's a bit like every time you still have to go back to that bamboo story because like it's. It's just, I don't like to call it a band-aid, but like, it's like, just go, it's not actually solving the problem. It's just like giving you a little boost. It's like a a boost, like a a little boost instead of like actually understanding why you're struggling with that. And for that, you need to improve your cognitive functions. Wow. It's like peeling back the layers again, right? Yeah. (laughs) SD, you have been amazing today. Thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute honor to share the podcast with you and i hope this is not the last one that we do so um a deeply heartfelt thank you for coming on the show and i really do hope the listeners enjoyed this as much as i did ah oh, thank you so much nick this was awesome yes we do have to do another one <laughs> fantastic that sounds good well again thank you for getting up early in the morning and we'll see you again in the future bye <laughs> <laughs> For more news and content about Thinkernick, go to www.thinkernick.com or visit our Facebook or Instagram pages at Thinkernick.